Hey Divas, we are so happy you joined us for today's podcast. We are three best friends on a mission to grow closer to God and encourage others to do the same. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more uplifting content throughout the week. Let us know if you have any topics you'd like to hear or if you have any prayer requests. We hope you enjoy the episode. Under um, my house and um, and not under my house. <laughs> Hold on. Everybody come to the cross face. <laughs> Sorry. So tonight we're going to talk about a lady in the Old Testament, um, Rahab, and she was someone who, um, kind of like what I posted yesterday, um, was someone who was small to the world, um, but made a big impact. Um, so I'll just go ahead and tell you the story. I'm not going to read it because it's another one of those long stories that, um, you know, would, would just take us a while to get through. So I'm just going to give you a little summary. Um, so Joshua had taken over and, um, you know, they were getting ready to enter the promised land. And so he sent two spies into the land and one of the places was Jericho. And so when they got there, they came to this, this lady named Rahab and she was a harlot. So that's about all we knew about her too, is that, you know, Rahab the harlot and all throughout the Bible, that's what, you know, she's known as. Um, so, and if you don't know what a harlot is, it's a prostitute. <laughs> so, um, often <laughs> yeah, but, um, Rahab let the spies come in her home and she hid them under flax stalks on the top of her roof. Um, and so the King's men came by, like they knew that the spies were in the land and the King's men came by and asked Rahab, you know, have you seen him? And Rahab sends them the different, a different direction, you know, and tells them to hurry and, you know, that they'd catch him. So she, you know, led the, her own people, you know, away from these two people that she had never met um, before. And so after she sent this, the king's men away, she goes up to the roof and she's talking to the spies and she's saying, you know, we, our people, you know, have heard of you, um, have heard about the things that you've done to different, you know, different pieces of land, you know, and um, different people. And, you know, we've heard about the crossing of the Red Sea and how your God dried up the land, you know, dried up the water um, for you to cross. And and she talked about how terror and, um, you know, how the people of the her land was, you know, discouraged, faint-hearted um, because of, you know, the two spies people. And of course they were God's people, the Israelites and, um, you know, she just talked, it says in verse 11, um, our hearts melted and because, because of you for the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth. So, um, you know, that we'll stop there in the story for right now, but, um, you know, what really stood out to me is, um, how Rahab, of course, had heard about God, you know, and she feared him. Um, and that fear turned into faith, you know, um, and she believed in God and believed, you know, that those things that he did was powerful. And, and um, you know, she was ready to act for God. You know, she was ready to do something for God and for God's people. Um, what did, what stood out to you on that first part? Anything? 
Um, yeah, I mean, verse 9, I mean, she said, she didn't say, you're God. She says, the Lord has given me the land. Wow. Yeah, she's already acknowledging that she recognizes God as the one true God. Not the, not comparable to the idols that they probably worshipped. You know, mm -hmm. she knew that the idols couldn't do all these great things they've been hearing about. Um, so, she, you know, she just showed a lot of faith and trust in, in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her faith was definitely <laughs> commendable because when you think about, um, you know, the journey that the Israelites had, had taken through the wilderness um, leading up to this moment, um, their faith wavered so much during it. I mean, even when they got to the point of the Red Sea, when they had just exited Egypt, um, you know, they were like, well, this was this was just a waste of time. And then the Red Sea parted. And then they got out in the wilderness and they just like complained the whole time. Like, like you brought us out here to die. Yeah, we want to go back and be slaves yeah. forever. Um, so dramatic. They were. <laughs> they were. Um, but, you know, they had seen so many miracles. You know, they had lived through the plagues of Egypt, they, um, the Red Sea crossing, uh, being led by clouds and by fire. Uh, manna and quail being rained down from heaven and when they went to go spy out the land that they were gonna take over the land of Canaan you know 10 out of the 12 was like we can't do this mm -hmm. even though they had seen all of what God could do um, they, they still didn't have faith but she had just heard of what had happened and she knew that if God wanted them to have this land there was nothing that Jericho could do to stop it yeah mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> so um you know the spies they made a deal with Rahab and um I, I, they probably realized her faith I mean they probably were you know they might have been a little shocked too that this woman was you know willing to help them um so they make a you know make a pact I guess and uh, she said you know I'll get all my family and in my house and you know they told her to put this red um, cord out her window and so when the people would come they would see that cord and would save her and so they tell her this plan and she does exactly like they say you know she obeys immediately and still we're talking about strangers I mean that she had only heard of but she are like she had faith so much faith, faith in God that she even put that faith in those you know God's people too um, to come back and, and save her and I just thought that was really interesting yeah. too, you know, and that was her acting on faith too, but, um, by being obedient and, um, you know, doing what they asked, even though they could have killed her anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, we do see in Joshua six and that's when they're, you know, Joshua and the people are coming <clears throat> to Jericho and they're ready, you know, um, to, to take over the land and, um, you know, and of course they remembered Rahab and saved her and her entire family because she, you know, because she obeyed and, um, and, you know, in Hebrews 11, uh, 31, she's mentioned for her faith. Um, it's kind of like the hall of faith there. Um, just it mentions different people, you know, throughout the Bible who had so much faith and, um, I'll just read that, what it says about her. <clears throat> says, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. So, um, you know, it's just like she was so small. She probably never would have realized that that little, you know, um, 
that small gesture of helping those spies and help, you know, taking over the land um, would be such a powerful story and, you know, mentioned a couple of times in the Bible um, for all of us to learn about. So, you know, Rahab didn't get discouraged. Um, she could have been like, you know, who, you know, these people don't need my help. You know, who am I? You know, I'm a, I'm a prostitute. Um, you know, probably to society, she was low, you know, on the, on the totem pole, you know, she probably got looked down on by other people. Um, and so then, you know, she hears of these, you know, uh, people of God coming into the land. I mean, she could have been like, they're, you know, I can't do anything for them. You know, I'm not worthy of being in their presence or, you know, worthy of their God. Um, but she didn't, she didn't think that way. She was ready, you know, to help them. And um, she didn't let her past, you know, alter what she did in the future, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and maybe we think that sometimes too, you know, maybe we think, you know, I'm just too far away from God. And whether it's, you you know, maybe if you haven't been baptized and you think, I just, you know, I just don't think I'm worthy of it. Um, then you need to think of Rahab, you know, because she could have had those thoughts, but she didn't. She decided to just, um, to hear God, you know, and to have faith in God and, you know, be believe and, you know, she was saved. Um, so, you know, I think of too, like the parable of the workers. Um, and that story is in Matthew 20. And it just talks about how, you know, God or the, the vineyard worker um, goes out and gets people to work like in the morning. And then he goes out and it's like midday, he gets more people to work. Afternoon, he gets more people to work. And even at the almost end of the day, he gets more people to work. And um, they all get paid the same. And that's talking about, you know, I mean, us, you know, like starting to live for him, you know, at different points of life. Some people start really young. Some people don't start till they're, you know, in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, and that's not saying to just wait because you don't want to live for God. You know, mm -hmm. you want to be in the world longer. And, you know, that's not what that's talking about. But that's saying no matter what point, you, you know, you know God, like you can come to him. You're never too far away, you know, to be saved by God. So, what do y'all got? And also, the parable of the prodigal son is what it made me think of. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, the, obviously the, the father represents God. The son is all of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the son comes home after being out in the world and spending everything and getting, getting in with the wrong people, he comes home and... You know, the father doesn't scold him and say, I told you so, I told you if you're going to go out and do all this. And no, he like, he runs out to him and he hugs him and takes him in and gives him, you know, his ring and, you know, new clothes and everything and feeds him because he wanted him home. And that's how, you know, God sees us. He just wants us home with him in heaven. You know, it says, you know, he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You know, he's not, when you try to, you know, ask for forgiveness, he's not saying, well, no, because you messed up. No, he doesn't hold anything against us. He just wants us with him, you know. And um, sometimes that's hard to to comprehend almost because sometimes we hold things against each other, mm -hmm. you know, just because we're human and that's how we, how we are. It's hard for us to forgive sometimes. And so having a God that's, you know, so merciful and offers us so much grace, sometimes it's just hard to wrap our minds around, mm -hmm. you know. I think sometimes, you know, when when we are deep in sin, we have the misconception that we have to get our lives together before we can, can come back to God. And 
I don't think that God expects you your whole life to change before you have him in it. You know, I think that Jesus is the reason that your heart changes. And so, and that's how the prodigal son was too. The God didn't say, or the father didn't say, you know, go out and get a job. And then once, you know, you've cleaned up, then you can be my son again. You know, he takes him as he, as he is. And that's how God is too. And, and, you know, true brothers and sisters in Christ will, will do that for you too. You know, we'll accept you with open arms and, and help you through what you're going through as long as, you know, you'll let us. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, my math, my last point is um, in James 2. Um, I'll just read the first five verses there. It's, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there, or sit here at my footstool. footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? And, you know, it goes on to talk about how faith without works is dead. And, you know, it's a lot more information, you know, if you, um, I encourage you to read chap uh, chapter two of James. Um, but at the end, you know, it mentions Rahab and says, likewise, likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Um, so I just thought that was interesting how, you know, at the beginning it was talking about, you know, um, that God chooses, you know, has chosen the poor of the world um, to be, you know, um, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. And, you know, um, and just like Rahab, we we can learn so much for from her even today you know um it's faith and you know how she acted on that faith and you know so much more from her that um you know she probably never would have she probably never would have guessed you know that someone like her would have changed so many people's lives and you know impacted so many people's lives um so you know for how you can you know what you can take from that is um you know, if you feel, even if you are in Christ and, you know, you're living for him, but you just still think like, I'm just, I'm nobody, you know, like, um, I can't do these type of things because I'm not this, this, and this. Um, you don't have to think that. I mean, God can do wonderful, wonderful things in your life, you know, um, doesn't matter how big you are. So, yeah. And if God only wanted perfect people to, to be, be advocates for his word you know Jesus would be the only person mm -hmm. that could work for him because yeah. there's nobody on this earth that's perfect yeah. especially me mm -hmm. but I'm close I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> probably not even close <laughs> no um yeah we've all fallen short for sure yeah. but that's the awesome um, I mean I think the that. biggest thing is just like another another version James that I like with this it's James 4, Andrew says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess, kind of like, you know, if we're coming home, like the prodigal son, he's going to come and meet us. You know, he's going to cover us. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I looked up, because I always like to see what other people think about some of the topics we do. And this one, especially about, like, you know, ways we can kind of come back to God. Like, what some steps you can take. And obviously, 
getting back in the word, you know, if you've kind of, you know, put off reading your Bible, um, obviously God's word is going to help you. And sometimes you don't know where to start. You're like, mm-hmm. where do I start? You know, do I start in Deuteronomy? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but this guy said, and I really liked it because when I thought about it, I was like, I do this, but I didn't realize I do this. He said to start in Psalms because Psalms just has so many different um, things from David and a lot of other authors, you know, poems about how they're feeling. You know, that's what it is. It's, it's a book of poetry, which I'm not good at. I'm not good at expressing <laughs> yeah. my feelings also. So, you know, there's stuff about, you know, feeling lonely or, you know, times where David felt distant from God and he's writing about how he feels. Um, times where he's rejoicing. Times where he witnesses, you know, God's great power and protection over him. And he just writes, you know, how he feels. And so, you know, I, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I do this too. You know, sometimes I, I'm reading a psalm and I'm thinking, I'm just like, yes, that is exactly how I feel. I just couldn't express it or couldn't find the words to like, mm-hmm. you know, put it out there. You know, so sometimes, you know, if you're feeling distant, find a psalm like, um, I wrote a few down. Uh, psalm 3, like the title, like, or heading in my Bible, it said, the Lord helps his troubled people. And that's where it talks where it says, um, you, O Lord, are shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. So I love that song mm-hmm. so much. Me too. Um, there's, you know, ones about where, you know, where David says, you know, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Psalm 88, I thought this was neat. The title or the heading was, A Prayer for Help in Despondency, which means low in spirit caused by a loss of hope or courage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you just feel that's like you just feel so almost empty, just so low in your you know, your heart and your spirit. And so just, I think just finding things like this just help you express how you're feeling when you, you can't find the words. You know, sometimes you feel this way. You're like, I can't get out what I'm feeling. Mm. I don't know if you talk about that, but maybe it's just me because yeah, like I said, I have trouble expressing my emotions sometimes. Um, you know, so just find ways like that, I think, to where, you know, you feel connected. Cause also I think you feel connected cause you sometimes you think, am I the only person that feels like this? Do I, I'm the only person that has these doubts or fears mm-hmm. and just reading stuff like this or talking to people that you're close to. Sometimes you're like, I'm not the only person. I'm not the only one that feels like this. And, you know, David was a man after God's own heart, and he had these feelings sometimes. And so just knowing that, you know, God still drew him in to him. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, put to shame or put away just because he had some doubts or had some bad feelings sometimes. We just want you to always remember, be kind, be humble, and be perfectly imperfect. Bye. Bye.